Welcome, everyone, to the Food, Farms, and Chefs radio show with restaurant industry author Kevin Wilson, highly acclaimed chef Gene Blum, and food photojournalist Amaris Pollock. Join them as they interview the biggest names in the restaurant industry, tell you about the latest food trends, and give you recipes and cooking tips, too. So let's get the show started. Welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. We have a great show today that will feature Sharice McGill from Local Artisan Food Group. You know them for their delicious French toast bites. We will then talk to Rebecca White. She is the author of the book, The Ultimate Five-Ingredient Cookbook, Whole Food Flavorful Meals Made Simple. And we will end this outstanding episode by talking with Gil Johnson from Johnson's Corner Farm. And he will give you the latest on what is going on at the farm. Amorous Pollock, introduce your fantastic guests. Hi, we would like to introduce Cherise McGill, who is the French Toast Bay. <laughs> <laughs> she has started a business from scratch with a little pop-up um, vending at the Christmas Village and then moved into a slightly more temporary pop-up in the pot, uh, Philadelphia Piazza Pod Park. And she has blown up since then. Cherise, thank you and welcome to our show. Amaris, thank you. I haven't talked to you formally I know. In a couple years. <laughs> I appreciate you having me back. No problem. I know. Mm-hmm. We, we met actually at, on a different show. I'm not going to mention which one. Okay. Um, but <laughs> I was a guest on that show, and so were you, and that's how we met a long time ago. Yeah, it's on a cold, cold December night. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and you, you have done so many things like since then like you started out you brought like this gigantic tray of uh your french toast bites that, oh yes yeah i came empty handed this time tis tis <laughs> only because we're moving we're in transition uh moving location to location of course so in the mix yeah because you do the pop-up markets yes exactly so um why don't you tell a little bit about your history how you got started a little more in depth than you know my oh, sure. little synopsis there oh sure um Back in like 2013, I had this unique opportunity to manage a suburban farmer's market, uh, the Lansdale Farmer's Market. Uh, when I got there, there were 22 vendors. In the six years I was there, seven seasons, but six years, you know how that kind of works. I was there. I grew it to be the second biggest with 44 in this town, second to head house. What I saw was were these independent food and beverage producers living their dream under a 10 by 10 white tent. And the ones that were doing it right, we're earning six figures a year. I said, I'm on the wrong side of this, Tim. <laughs> um, my daughter, she's 15 now, she's 12 at the time. She said, Mom, I want a business in a farmer's market because she grew up in the farmer's market. So we, she started a lemonade business called Local Lemonade because in, in this town, your main ingredient has to be locally sourced. I'm like, lemons ain't local, so how are you going to do that? She said, I'll buy the fruits and herbs from the uh, farmers that they can't sell. So we would go every uh, Saturday and not even know what flavor the lemonade would be, just whatever they had that they couldn't sell, the seconds. So sometimes it was peach. We even did a grape lemonade. It was delicious. <laughs> well, she, she made $5,000 in 14 days. I said, I'm on the wrong side of this tent. I have to do something. So I started to take it very seriously, started paying attention to trends. And I went back to school to St. Joe's to get an MBA in food marketing to really understand how this open air food market economy works. Uh, So November 15th, 2018, I resigned from my director level cushy day job at a local college. And two days later, launched French Toast Bites in the middle of Philadelphia at the annual Christmas Village uh, Festival. In the 45 days of that event, my gross sales totaled 75% 
of the salary I left behind. And that kind of just set the trajectory for what was to come. Yeah. It was a leap of faith. And it was a great <laughs> leap of faith. I mean, <laughs> and, and like, how could you not want to walking around the Christmas village or, mm-hmm. you know, wherever, mar- whatever market that you're in, not smell that like wafting, like French toast, <laughs> you know, temptation, like just follow your It's nose. a comfort food, you know, it's a, it's a comfort food. And I didn't know if it would work in the spring and summer. You know, I, I didn't know, so we had to like test it out. We we proved the concept at Christmas Village. You know, we got slammed. It was a, it was great. Learned, met a lot of people, learned a lot of things, and then you continue to grow into these seasonal pop ups. And Philly's a town; they'll give you a chance. Yeah, uh, and then we love one. food. They'll give you one. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on occasion two, but it really that's you, a stretch. Give you yeah. a chance. So I knew I was doing something right when I was. Still, it was still receptive. Like folks were still coming from far and wide and standing in line for twenty and thirty minutes to get these French toast bites. I'm yeah. like, well, Philly's doing it. It must. If you can make it here, <laughs> I think you can make it anywhere. Well, you definitely we made booed it. Santa. You yeah, know? I know. So, so, so <laughs> listen, if they're standing in line for my French toast bites, I I appreciate it. and I think that just speaks to the growth. Like the city, this is definitely a brand that the city supported and city helped push forward. Yeah, for sure. Well, and, I, down. and I know that you you at some point in time started working closely with the Delaware River Waterfront. Um, oh yes, yes. So, uh, you know, I built this whole business on an outdoor food market economy. So if there's a pop up in this town, we were there. That was worth going to. Um, we did the Roots Picnic in, in 2019. We did Made in America 2019. And these are like 50,000 people events. We're, we're crushing it. Yeah. Standing in line. We, we uh, Quest Love is vegan, so we didn't want to go to a festival without a vegan option. So we introduced the vegan French Toast Bites there. It was 30% of our sales. Fast forward to Made in America 2019, Jay-Z and Beyonce are, are vegan. So every vendor had to have a vegan or option. vegetarian option. So we're like, oh, we're good. To this day, it's still 30% of our sales. So we're just... Learn and learn and learn. Like, we're outdoor. We were gearing up for 2020. I was really ready to take the show on the road. We had Coachella on the list. There's a festival in Washington, D.C. called Broccoli City. We were just ready to hit these music fests, hit these 50,000 people, get out, and do it again in a couple weeks. Get yeah. in, get, do it again in a couple weeks. And then COVID happened. Yep. I, I built this whole business on large gatherings, large events. large. I thought I was out of business. I panicked for, like, two weeks. I was like, I don't know. I was sweating. Yeah. I, I didn't know what I was going to do. And I feel like you're leading up to the uh, <laughs> the box, the the Better Box. The Better Box, yes. Yeah. Um. So Tamika and I, we, uh, she's the owner of the Better Box. She said, "What do you need?" Because she heard my cries. She's like, "What do you <laughs> What do you need?" I was like, "I need a place to sell the French toast bites. I don't have a storefront. I don't have a food truck. I rely on tents. You know, because yeah. people are living their dream under ten, 10 by ten by ten. She's like, "Well, I had to get a, a takeout window built. I'll add you to the menu. You could sell through here." I was like. Okay, how much? She, nothing. It's it's on gratis. I, I just want to see you win. I'm like, why are you being so nice to me? She's like, because you were always nice to me. Aww. I was like, get out of here. And our relationship started. It could have been ugly because we did the um, night market in 2019 together, and I took her space like on accident. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that could have been ugly, but she helped us move our location, and we helped them, and it was we've been friendly ever since. Yeah. And that helped. It introduced me to a whole new audience. I didn't. We make our product made to order right in front of keep customer engagement. There's no way in the world I thought I would be putting my French toast in a box with all the fixings <laughs> on the sides. Like it took me so long to be able to process and understand that. But we were staying afloat. I mean, the lights were still on, you know. So yeah. I was just like, all right, it was trending, it was trending. And then I'll be completely honest, 
when the George Floyd uprisings happened and there was so much uh, media attention highlighting uh, the inequalities with black business and all that kind of stuff, a lot of folks just went out of, began to go out of their way to support black businesses. And one of those folks has happened to be the Delaware River Waterfront Corporation. So when I landed there last summer, Spruce Street Harbor Park, I was the first black woman to own and operate a food establishment yeah. in that six year history of the tourist attraction. It made waves. People were super excited for it. They were super flexible, you know, helping small businesses. It was great. Now I have two locations there yeah. at Cherry Street Pier and Spruce Street Harbor Park. Because when we go places, we're going to go and kill it. You know, we're going to, we're going to do the best I can against funnel cake. <laughs> Those are arch nemesis. But, uh, <laughs> but if you like fresh uh, products and ingredients, like we're fun, but we still have a conscience. You know, yeah. we have the vegan option. Everything, because I have that farmer's market base. You can name every ingredient. It's still real milk, real eggs, real everything. Yeah. And we hand cut the bread still. You know, three years later, we still have the same practices, you know, that we did then. So it speaks to a certain value set. It does. <laughs> now, Jean here is actually somebody that uh, helps, you know, create like large events. And so I, I feel like the two of you, if you Our, don't already know each other. Across through Made in America and other big events. And certainly I know your involvement at the waterfront. Uh, was involved in the waterfront way before they called it what it is back when it was Penn's Landing and we were doing things like Jambalaya Jam and we were doing 100,000 person weekends and such but mm -hmm. a little different but yes I love your product that you know I remember it made in America 2019 I did not see you this year on the park where you could have been there we were there okay I was I handled mm -hmm. all back okay I was behind the scenes and then we had two locations out on the street two up by the circle but gotcha uh, um but yes I I know the lines you draw and it's a great product your product speaks to Philadelphia. Mm. It's comfort food. There's nothing healthy about Okay, your vegan option is healthier. It's still deep okay. fried. It's, it's still deep fried. <laughs> but, you know, this is what we love in Philadelphia. Mm -hmm. And, you know, take it, leave it, it you know, this is who we are. We're going to, we love the great smell, the comfort food feeling. You have a product that just screams Philadelphia to everybody. Oh, thank you and, so much, and it, and it And you have... The staff that you do you hire the people the smiles no matter how long your line is your staff are back there smiling and happy I can't always say that about my team sometimes they're back there mumbling things usually my name in other words but um, <laughs> you know but you know you really do so much and we have uh, a friend in common and uh, uh, Rocco Galelli from Innovative Catering and oh, yeah. uh, Rocco and I worked together very closely. Yeah, I met him uh, probably like ten years ago. Yeah, 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 that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I did too, sadly. Um, <laughs> but he's, a, he's actually been on our show many times. He's a he's a good friend. But you know, I really I'm a French toast person. Okay. So my kids, this is the one thing every holiday. What do you want? I want your French toast. Make your French toast, Dad. And like you. All fresh ingredients, and I'm of the belief that okay, if milk is good, cream must be better. You know, mm. more fat, more butter, right. more, more sugar. Flavor. It's all better. It makes a little you more know, custard. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah the, the original recipe was you know a teaspoon of vanilla, one and a half teaspoons will be better. Trust me. You know? <laughs> and that, but your product just screams freshness, quality. You know, real ingredients. Oh, and, I, and, I appreciate and, that. And kudos to you for doing that. And people say, well, it's such a simple concept, but it's a simple concept done well. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate that you know. so and much. And the fact that you can customize it. So, you know, if you want hot chocolate, if, or I'm um, sorry, a chocolate syrup, or mm -hmm. if you want maple syrup, if you want, you know, whipped cream, like whatever you want, it's it's available and you can customize your French toast bites to, Correct. to that. Yes. The most popular is whipped cream, 
chocolate and strawberries. But that's not my favorite. That's just the highest seller. My favorite is whipped cream and caramel. So mm. on the menu, it has staff pick, but it's really my pick. I just didn't want to seem like a narcissist. <laughs> I didn't want to seem like a narcissist. Um, no, so so we have fun with it. And uh, thank you for complimenting my staff. I'm, I'm really intentional about the staff that we hire. I used to teach high school in the city, uh, hospitality management, and at the collegiate level. And there's something with the youth. You know, I'm, I'm dedicated to hiring youth from underserved communities and paying them at least, at least 35% more than minimum wage. Um, 16 to 24, like that's the age I hire. I want to expose them to entrepreneurship. I would love for them to be able to open a stand across the street from me. Not waffles or anything, but they can open <laughs> up, you know, they want to do uh, cheesesteaks or French, anything else except French toast or waffles or pancakes. But um, I encourage that and I want them to see it up close and then from a very practical standpoint. And I give them autonomy, you know, like, you know the deal, you know the end result. People got to take a picture before they take a bite. How you get there, <laughs> it's really up to you. It's it's French toast. So let's have fun with it because folks are going to customize it anyway. Yeah. So just uh, our brand is a big part of it is the people behind it. It really is. It really is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I echo, where did you teach in Philadelphia? At Benjamin Franklin High School. Okay. Oh. I taught at Bach. So oh, so I, you know I was the deal. A, I was a culinary instructor at Bach. Oh, so, so I, you I know certainly get it. Yeah. And, and I agree. You know, you hire, you teach, you train, you get these kids from the, the underserved communities, and when you give them a chance, great things happen. Yeah, there's the access they to really opportunity. Do. Yep. My, uh, I had him since he was in uh, 10th grade. His name is Raekwon Grant. He, we got into a fight his first day of class because he saw this hospitality, and he didn't know what the heck it was. He was like, hospital? I don't want to do nothing. I was like, isn't that hospital? It's hospitality. He's like, what do I need that for? So I threw the book at him. I said, if you don't come back here tomorrow and tell me what you need hospitality for, I never want to see you in this class again. Because it was like a cool elective, you know? He came back. He's a little smart butt. So he came back <laughs> and ran off all the stuff about hospitality, hotels, restaurants, travel tours. He, he did the whole bit. He went on to East Stroudsburg University, graduated in 2018. Oh, wow. He did a senior internship with me, and now he's my general manager. He's opened every location we've ever had since 2019 is when he said so he graduated 2019 but i think that internship was in 2018 and he's he's still with me to this day like he's measuring down at eastern state penitentiary because we're doing halloween stuff there like he's still my main guy still putting in 35 40 hours a week from then and we got into a fight his first day now here he is with a four-year degree a kid from north philly and hospitality good. management and he's like running things and that's a <laughs> that is an amazing story yeah. and, you know and it 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 draws upon the fact that you mentor you know no matter what oh, yeah. you're always mentoring and you know looking forward and towards the, your next step you mm -hmm. know and and i'm reading up on you and you you know uh, on as far as next steps are concerned i know that you also are you know you're looking at various outlets like you were doing bacon on a stick and oh yeah that's fun yeah <laughs> And I know you were looking at like bring that into um, the freezer aisles or whatnot. Yes, I, I, I'll tell you what sidetracked that uh, plan, the beer. Yeah. The beer kind of came before the bacon. And I was like, all right, you got to fish where the fishes are, you yeah. know? So that's the direction that, that we went into. I just wanted to be deemed essential. You know, just experiencing what happened with COVID. I said, we got to be deemed essential. We got to find ourselves in different segments. We got to find ourselves in the pantry. And I'll make sure to get you guys some spice. We got to find ourselves in the alcohol because it's deemed essential. We have to be deemed essential. And I have the coffee partnership. Coffee sales are nuts. Like people are like, French toast coffee? Yeah. 
Yeah, like it has cinnamon and sugar. On. That sounds Already fantastic. I was gonna say you you throw coffee in front of me and, and beer. <laughs> I'll, I I'll actually, make sure I get you some. I, and I love coffee. Like I mean, I love coffee, but right. Um, so. I want to also touch on the fact that I bought your beer and to over oh, the summer you were kicking it. I, yeah, <laughs> I was, and uh, and it was like malty and like uh, you know, and then you sip it and you taste that French toast taste. Yeah, well, know? the base beer is an amber ale. Yeah, uh, that, that's the base beer. And when I I met with the good folks at Yard, so my first beer intro into the craft beer space was with Doylestown Brewing Company. Uh, he said he saw me on the news from all the Spruce Street hype. He said I want to collab with you and make a French toast beer. I'm up in Doylestown. Amiris, I ain't never been to Doylestown. Okay, <laughs> I was like, okay, but I, I, I packed my French toast bites. I packed my spice just so you can get the flavor profile. He was like, I took it up there, hot, how I brought it to you. He ate it. He put a little spice on his hand. He, he said, we, we can make a beer with this. Wow. <laughs> I think I tasted maybe two or three different ones. Landed on one. Landed on the color. Landed on the packaging. Landed on all that. And six weeks later, we had a beer. Yeah. Made again. Made headlines. First black woman in the state of Pennsylvania with a beer. I don't think uh, Joe is his name. I don't think he knew what he got himself into <laughs> by, by doing that at a time where that past summer, you know, the country was turned flipped inside out, you know, over things. So I don't think he and, I don't and think everyone he wanted ready. to drink. Right. He was a, a, a micro brewer. So yeah. he made a, a batch um, that he thought was enough for a month. And sold out in a week. Wow. Yeah, didn't GoPuff find find you? Yes. And- oh, yeah, GoPuff came down to Spruce Street. And they said, how do we get these on the platform? I was like, well, we're kind of not like Federal Donuts where we can drop them off in the morning and you can sell them throughout the day. They're kind of like hot made fresh. He was like, all right, keep thinking about how we can work together. I was like, oh, I have a beer. He's like, really? <laughs> they committed to buying half of the first batch. And they co- wow. they've continued that. I'm doing a new program with GoPuff now called the Put Me On Campaign with Chris Paul, mm-hmm. where they're working on national distributions, a six-month program uh, led by Chris Paul, uh, the NBA player at Chris Paul, and to get it nationally distributed on the GoPuff platform. So now you're going to go across the nation. Yes. Uh, I got to make it through this program, but I think I can do it. <laughs> I can think I do it. But so many folks stepped up. Like I literally partnered and pivoted my way through the pandemic with Philly Brands. And I take a lot of pride in that, like tons of pride of kids. Our company, you know, the umbrella name is Local Artists and Food. So we yeah. still are rooted in being local and having local partnerships because it's important to me. Stemming back to the farmer's market, you know, who are you? Who made this? You know, I'm a purist at his, you know, at, at, his, at, his, at the core, I'm a purist. So that was all fun. Back to Joe at Doylestown, he made a second batch, the same amount. I'm like, Joe, I got my MBA. You got to like scale and project. You got to do things. It sold out in a day. So here we are, we're approaching Black History Month, Women's History Month, and I don't have a beer. Yeah. And people are like booking me to speak, I'm doing all this. I was, I panicked. Again, I called my boy uh, Dave Goldman from Urban Village, right on 2nd Street. He was my neighbor at the Pod Park. I was like, Dave, I'm in a bind. He was like, what's up? I was like, can you help produce my beer, like co-pack it? He was like, come down, give me the res- show me the recipe, show me that, give me a couple cans, I'll taste it, show me the numbers. Yeah. He said, Sharice, you're my girl. I, I, I can't help you. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? He was like, I could probably help you now since we're slow, but as soon as the world opens back up in the spring, I, I'm not going to be able to fulfill this. Yeah. I think you got to call Yards. I said, call who? <laughs> I'm like, Yards? I was like, they're not going to want to work with me. He's like, let's make a phone call. He called Trevor Pritchett right then and put him on speakerphone. He's like, I'm here with Sharice McGill. She has this beard. I'm looking at the numbers. I think it's something you guys can produce. He's like, well, we have a 2,500 case minimum. 
I was like, sheesh. I was like, I was like, I was like, I was like but that's a lot of beer. He's like, if we can pre-sell a thousand, we'll produce it. And they probably like a day, three days. <laughs> How about that? Three that's days awesome. they pre-sold, and now we're in 110 different places. Oh, the Giants picked it up. Acme's picked it up. It's still on GoPuff. All those outlets that that is there is bars, restaurants. And growing. So mm-hmm. is Yards going to be the one that... Per- Yards is my partner. It, okay. Is my uh, beer partner. There's no... It's not a short-term project. They said, we're going to sell it as long as it sells. And uh, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Um, it, it's great. It's, it's answerly. You know, our core is French Toast Bites. You yeah. know, that's what we do. That's what we have to continue to be good at. But if we can find ourselves with a cool coffee, find ourselves with a cool beer, find ourselves with a spice, you can make your own French toast at home. Some people even put it on salmon. That's fine, too. I just want to be relevant and constant and at the top of people's mind all the time. Now, with all of the the growth that you've had and all, mm-hmm. and how popular you are, because I mean, you you mention your name and everyone seems to know it. Um, <laughs> good stuff, right? Yeah. That- oh, oh yeah, oh, always good stuff. All right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, but like with how popular you are, have you thought to do not so seasonal of the temporary pop ups? Like, you know, not not knocking it. I think mm-hmm. that you should obviously stay there. But Cherry Street Pier and Spruce, have you thought like of doing the brick and mortar? Look, Never. No. Here, here's the deal. If I did a brick and mortar, I would have been out of business, like like everybody else. Oh, that's very true. So if I'm not making money, I'm not spending money, and I rather pay a living wage than gas or electric. Yeah. There's going to be more people that go to Spruce Street Harbor Park than that would go to my that will walk in front of my storefront, even on Second Street. Those those are niche markets. They came with a plan. Christmas Village. Yeah. They came to spend money. They came for an experience. I don't know if I'll get the same. And I'm not at right now I'm not willing to take that take that risk. I like being with the people. That's where we found our growth. I don't want to have to rely on folks coming to me. We'll come we'll come to you. You say there's fifty thousand people on the parkway, here we come. <laughs> yeah. Here we come. Here we come. And I'm and bringing my team with me, and everybody makes more than minimum wage. And these are like 15, 16 year old kids, and their friends are working at, I won't say places, whose bottom line is way more than mine. Yeah. But I fear I, I care about the culture and environment that they work in and all that kind of stuff, and kind of set their expectation for, you know, as they continue their professional development. Now, as far as that's concerned, um, I do know that you're starting to work or have worked with Sister Lady Love Food Fair. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that's so that's such a dope event, and it came at the right time. Uh, Bridget Foy, Ellen Yen. So when they come to Cherry Street Pier, like the first time they came, that was our highest sales day in our Cherry Street Pier tenure. Oh, wow. When they brought that event the first time. And then when they did it the second time, that was like the second highest day <laughs> that, wow. that we ever had. And it's at a time, like, there is no competition, I don't I don't think. When you, the more food options there are, the better. It's going to bring more people, in the big, and it begins to be a number game. And I met some great, great people there, some great vendors who I'm still cool with to this day. And you build these relationships with Ellen Yen. And Ellen and I crossed paths again. She did a lot of work with DoorDash. I do a lot of work with DoorDash just because the nature of my business is unique. And I relied on delivery service <laughs> for this festival food. You know, so uh, my relationship with DoorDash, I was like a, a national ambassador. We did a commercial and everything like that. It was great. And uh, she was on, I had a mentorship every week with Ellen Yen because she was one of the leaders. And I was like, I'm doing your sister love. And it was just it's such a small it's a city's a philly's a big city but a small town yeah. well it's funny because i had her on uh, our show like mm-hmm. what a month ago yeah, about, about month that ago. okay yeah yeah it, it brings people out and folks want to support the women they have great products i 
I go broke. I'm glad it's one of my highest sales days because I go in there, I just go shopping. I'm off that day. I have the, I have the staff running it, and I shop, and I'm a, I'm a customer that day. Now, um, with the fact that you are your name is at least going to go national mm-hmm. with your beer, are you making plans to expand the French Toast Bites into various other cities? And uh, We do. We're in New York right now. Uh, we do, like, the Harlem Night Market. We do another one, the Bronx Night Market. <laughs> I was like, what's the other one that we do? We do those. I think we got to kind of approach it the same way. You got to get in with the – you got to get the buy-in from the people yeah. before anything. Because I don't have the capital and the resources, like another brick and mortar or anything. Like, say, oh, we're here, and you have to buy it because it's cool and good. We kind of got to stay at the ground level still, I think, as we enter these new markets. But I, you can have a, a million-dollar business in Philly. You, we've seen it. Chicken and peas. <laughs> like, it, it, you've seen it. Yeah. We, we just picked up concessions. A lot of folks said, you're going to have to make your bites frozen if you want to get into concessions because the folks at Airmark who runs most of them, they're not going to want to do it. We have a deal with Airmark and we still didn't make it frozen. As related to COVID, they don't have the manpower anymore. So they create a program called Local Restaurant Row. So now they're bringing in local restaurants with their own staff, their own everything, and you just pay a fee. Hmm. It's fantastic. So now I see more stadiums. I think there's a lot of ground I still have to uncover in Philly. You could do it here. There's so many unique. You're spice you talked about salmon mm-hmm. i'm gonna as a chef gonna go out and say it is an amazing spice for barbecue mm-hmm. get involved to use it as a dry rub mm-hmm. it does so much for flavors i mean you have to mix it with some other things but you well know, we you, have the coffee and that's what i wanted to right. do i wanted to do the coffee uh, yeah, french you, toast rub so i think we'll do that next summer and, and there's that a off. great possibilities in philadelphia is a perfect market for that mm-hmm. So I think you'll do really well looking at some of those options. Thank you. Yeah, there's a couple stones that I, I want to unturn before we take our talents permanently elsewhere. But we'll do a pop up. Like we've done stuff in Baltimore, um, before Virginia. We know we we've done that, but this is the base. This is home, and you can really grow. And the city's been behind us. Like oh, one hundred percent. Yeah. So I think it, it can happen here. You you feel the love <laughs> in the, yes, the city and brother. It can definitely love. happen here. <laughs> exactly. Now, um. Where can we find you online, find your products? Where is the next event that you're going to be at? Oh, sure. At? Uh, year-round, we're at Cherry Street Pier. So that's our indoor year-round location. Uh, this past summer, May in the last weekend, is this weekend coming up at Spruce Street Harbor Park, uh, September 24th. Nope, 5th is the last day uh, there. No, whatever the Sunday is. September uh, 26th is the last day. And we go right into Eastern State Penitentiary, um, it used to be called Terror Behind the Walls. They reimagined it, so it was more immersive experiences, less play on the jail talk, just given the state of the country about prison reform and all that, so there's less on that. And they were very particular about the vendors they picked. So they have Down North Pizza. You know, they only hire convicted felons at Down North Pizza. They have me where I pay, uh, have the equitable hiring, equitable pay, and all that kind of stuff. So they were very... Um, triple bottom brewing yes uh, triple bottom brewing they have the fair trade beer garden there so they're very particular um, about the vendors they selected uh, and it's called halloween nights at eastern state penitentiary and it starts this friday september 24th and it goes to november 13th and then we're right back in the christmas village i know oh. <laughs> then we're right back so to me <laughs> that's ideal because there's so many different demos that we're hitting like I got the MBA from St. Joe's, and you know, you hear all the, so who's your target audience? What's your, why are you here? You yeah. know, I was like, I saw an opportunity in my target audience. I can't say it's white women between 18 and 24. I can't say it's families. Between, is anybody who likes French toast? Yeah. yeah. Right. Or food. But that's not an acceptable answer in grad school. 
I was like, oh, it's like, it was for everybody. No, no, no. It's not for everybody. It's for people who like French toast and understand a quality product when they see it and don't mind spending $8 yeah. for a cup of French toast. That's the customer. So wherever, however you want to frame them, that's what it is. <laughs> they fought me at St. Joe's on that, too. Some of the teachers, like, that's not an audience. I was like, it is. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, you're proving is. them. Right, like, like foodies. Like, foodies <laughs> is a demographic. Yeah. There's it's no a race. huge demographic. Right, there's no race attached to it. There's no age attached to it. You foodies like food. is a demographic. And yeah. I, I stood on that. <laughs> I walked across that stage. <laughs> it's real life. Like it's in real time. Like I'm living it. Yeah. So and you're uh, proving you're proving that your your method your focus was mm -hmm. a correct focus to have. Right. I, you want to create a unique dining experience. Here you want to have a unique dining experience. Yeah. There's a reason why people wait in line in 30 degree weather for 30 minutes and still take a picture before they take a bite. Yeah. There's a reason. I feel like our uh, sound technician, Brett, has something to say. Yeah, Brett. Uh, where is it? Can you tell us where it's located again so we can, like, write that down? Because I know he wants I love the French, French toast, toast coffee. He wants the French toast coffee. <laughs> All right, so where we, can we, we get that Street online? Park. Oh, online? www.localartisanfoods.com. That's local with a K. So it's L O K A L. Artisan Foods, and you can buy everything's e-commerce on there except the French toast bites. Localartisanfoods.com mm -hmm. because I got to get that French toast coffee. I'm oh, a coffee oh, yeah. fanatic. I get everything. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and we do cater caterings blew up huge, huge catering. I'm like I'm almost going nuts over because again we are festival food. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. but you you got to be agile. And one of our core values, and I hate to sound super corporate, is flexibility. We're flexible, so you want us to cater? We're there. <laughs> we're doing like two and three caterings a week like large scale we just did the philadelphia distance run two weeks ago that was 1500 people at 6 a.m in the morning runners wow i didn't know they needed to carb up i'm not a runner you can tell by my body <laughs> shape. I'm, I'm not a runner so i didn't know that was a thing yeah those runners killed it we had the longest line of course there and we had them prepared like we weren't even making them on site they were just already ready and we had a line and we we're kicking them out so it, it was great we, we met so many people through this uh it's, it's not even funny all right. Well, Sharice, thank you for joining us. And for everybody listening, run out <laughs> to Spruce Street. That was last weekend. And also Cherry Street Pier. Mm -hmm. And go online to localfoodgroup.com. Yeah, local artisan Oh, foods. sorry. Local yeah, artisan, artisan food group. Because yeah. I will be going there to get the French toast coffee. I'm a coffee lover. It sounds delicious. Oh, thank you so much. All right. It's good are, seeing are you, you again. How do you drink your coffee? Are you like a light and sweet oh, kind no, of guy? Oh, no. I'm sweet, sweet, sweet. Sweet, sweet. Extra okay. sweet. Yes. <laughs> Gotcha. I love my coffee. Extra, extra sweet. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's always good catching up with you guys. Always. I'm glad we get to chill out because we're always at events. We're <laughs> yeah, passing. right. I always see so you at the events. I'm glad we got to chill out and hang out for a little bit. <laughs> Amorous Pollock, introduce your fantastic guest. Hi, I want to introduce everyone to Rebecca White, who is the founder of A Pleasant Little Kitchen. And also her new book is going to be out. It's called The Ultimate Five-Ingredient Cookbook. Whole food, flavorful meals made simple. Rebecca, thank you and welcome to Food Farms and Chefs. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to, to talk things about food. I know. And we love food here. We do that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. I'm, and with pleasant company then. I love food too. <laughs> exactly. Now, I have to say, I um I got a forwarded copy of your cookbook and tried out your spatchcock orange chicken recipe. Um, oh, I've, yay. 
Yeah. I have to say, like, it was a big hit in my household. You know, everybody loved how it tasted. Um, I I couldn't, unfortunately, flatten the chicken the way that I wanted to. My pan wasn't big enough. Mm. Um, So I had to cook it a little bit longer. But as far as everything else is concerned, like, it was succulent it was the meat was tender it had all of that lovely flavor that you know you talk about in your books how it's not you know how how much ingredients it's how long you cook Mm -hmm. it your technique on how you actually cook it and utilize those ingredients well I'm so happy to hear that you enjoyed it that the recipe just spoke to you and that your that your table enjoyed it as well this was this is a huge hit at my family too. This is such a comforting meal. It's and it's a pretty meal. We eat so much with just not just our you know our taste buds, but with our eyes and the, and the people around us. And so I'm glad you got to experience that meal. I did, and I highly enjoyed it. Especially rosemary is one of my favorite spices to use. So oh yes, mine mine too. I have a big plant of it in my backyard. She's she's one of my favorite herbs. <laughs> I love that you address the herbs as he's and cheese. That's a wonderful thing because it shows the love you feel for the food. <laughs> One of the things that I took from your book, just looking through it and things like that, is that you take classical technique that people pay big money to go to culinary school for, and you make that simple that everyone could use on a day-to-day basis. And it's those techniques you. that you know the average cook may not know that really mm-hmm. makes the difference in the quality of the food. And you know, kudos for you for taking something that people think is rocket science and making it everyday cooking. Thank you, that's, that's a huge compliment. It's something that I, I work towards and that I believe that every home cook is capable of creating flavor. And, it's, and again, it's not having a multitude of ingredients, it's just, it's having that knowledge and knowledge is power. And when we apply it to our food, and apply it um, in a way to bring out flavors it is it's enlightening but it's liberating it's empowering and then it's a gift that we get to give to other people that we're feeding but also that we get to enjoy too as the cook it is it's definitely something that we get to enjoy as a cook and while we're cooking because you also you know simplified it a little bit and made it easier for any home cook to to create your recipes or recreate your recipes you know, it gives us a little bit more time to connect with the people that we are cooking for, you know, which mm-hmm. is something that is important to you. I read that within your synopsis, your introduction. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's it's so to me to sit down over a meal, but to linger and to have a table with food that is is delicious, but also that people just want, they want to eat and then they want to talk, but then they want to go back and get seconds and maybe they want to go back and get thirds. And it's, it's one of those very stimulating moments that you can have every night of the week. And it doesn't take, it doesn't take just this smorgasbord of food. It just means that you've made thoughtful food that um, has, has the right ingredients to bring out those flavors, but then you can, you want to stay at the dinner table to, enjoy the food but then that spurs on conversation and connection with others and then when you're able to feed others it's it's this bright light that people are drawn to and um because they want to gather people want to gather around food and this this book you know i wrote it during um i got like the first introduction to page street the publisher during the lockdown and 
I wrote this book during a period of pandemic when we were clinging to each other and we wanted to sit down and have those long meals. And I was able to do that with these, with all of these ingredients. I was feeding my family and we were eating it at night and staying at the table. And it, it just meant so much because it was healing too. It was. And, you know, I like that you, you you basically in the beginning also, you're giving everybody a list of pantry staples that are in your pantry. And I love that mm-hmm. because if it's a new cook that's, you know, I, I've, I'm afraid of cooking. I have a, a relative who, who doesn't cook at all. And this is something that I would hand her this and be like, you can cook. And here's a book that you can use <laughs> to learn. I guess. Yes. I, I had, um, one of my aunts, her friends was talking to me and she was like, oh, but I'm afraid that, you know, your pantry staples are going to be different than my pantry staples. And I was like, do you have a granulated garlic? Do you have flour? Do you have canola oil? Do you have red wine vinegar? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, girl, you can cook. You got, you got, you know, half the battle is done. So it is, it's, this is the type of book that you can hand to somebody who wants who doesn't know how to cook or who wants to learn how to cook and they need to have a foundation of, okay, what, what makes a meal have more flavor? And it's just those basic pantry staples that so many of us have. We just don't know how to apply them to our, to our food. And this book does exactly that. Exactly. Now I want to mention the fact, you know, I had mentioned it in your intro, but you have a blog site that's a pleasant little kitchen. And it's interesting because you, you know, you started out from that as a home, a home cook, but you've expanded upon that. And you've been on, you know, the Dallas news. And, you know, it seems like you're a regular on the Dallas morning news. <laughs> yes. And you've worked. Yes, I, yes, I am. And you've also worked with companies like Sir La Tabla, um, and you know other other companies as well that you you're familiar with writing recipes for people to follow yes so i've been i've been developing recipes for 5 plus years um on a professional level with the Dallas Morning News and other you know um national companies and it's it, it you know it all started from a hobby it all started with my love to cook and a love to feed others and I, you know, people were texting me and emailing me, asking me for recipes. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm going to create a, like a landing site that we can, everyone can come and get my recipes too. And that's how A Pleasant Little Kitchen was developed, my, my website. And then um, the right people at the Dallas Morning News saw my work. And from that moment on, I just became a regular um, contributor. And I started off with my images um, with my iPad and then I evolved to my iPhone and then I was, it was time to get a big girl camera. So this book, you know, I, I not just developed the recipes and wrote the book, but I shot the, the photos too. I'm a photographer. And so this, this book not only represents show, showcases how I see food from, um, you know, a cooking standpoint, it's also the way I visually view food also from a, you know, from a physical standpoint of, of being a photographer and a natural light photographer at that. And so all these recipes that you see here, I, I photographed them, I styled them. Um, I was shooting them within my home and then I would feed my family the leftovers or I would um, call up a neighbor, neighbor and say, do you guys want this for dinner tonight? <laughs> and so um, a pleasant little kitchen is, is a business of mine that is homegrown and that I have been able to reach, you know, not just, my community here in in Texas, but also in the nation as well. 
And it's, I mean, I'm a fellow photographer as well, and I also shoot mostly in natural light. So I know the difficulties of like, uh oh, yeah, exactly. The shadows and, you know, (laughs) is there enough light and finding the right time and, um, and then when you're staging the, the, the food too, it's, it's a little difficult, but you definitely make everything look so tempting. And, you know, as <laughs> I said, you. yeah. And in your first photo, actually, um, on your, your cover is the spatchcock chicken, which is kind of funny. And it, I... <laughs> yes. Like that photo right there, it, it, you know, when you look at that photo, there was actually right next to me, second grade occurring and fourth grade occurring and a little puppy <laughs> dog by my feet. So this, 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 photo actually and then there was also my husband's you know remote working behind me too when when COVID hit everybody took over my studio and to to learn and to work and I was cooking and shooting this book and so this spatchcock chicken uh, was in the midst of of life and then I shot it and then we devoured it and it was great but you're right as a fellow photographer you are I'm constantly chasing natural light and so some days some seasons I'm in the back of my house shooting and then in other seasons I'm in the front of my house because it's finding that natural light and I'm and knowing and believing that that natural light is going to enhance the food that we eat and it's going to make it look beautiful because you know you're going to sit down to eat dinner and you're going to be by in your dining room by a window and that light's going to shine on that food and that's kind of what I my hope is as a photographer and as an artist that I can capture a plate of food and to give it it's the respect that it deserves. And it, it deserves a lot of respect because I'm looking at your food photos and, you know, and they all look very, very tempting. Um, and I'm most certainly going to try to create more of your recipes in my own home. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> now, your book. Thank you. Yes. And your book is coming out on September 28th on Nationwide. And they can pre-order your book right now on Amazon and I believe on your website. Yes, on my website, there is a list of vendors that um, sell the book. So Amazon carries it, QVC carries it, um, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, and there's a a, a few others. Um, But if you go to my website, apleasantlittlekitchen.com, and there is a tab that says cookbook, you can click on that, and you can see the endorsements of the book and what people have said about the praise about this book, and then the vendors are below, and you can click whichever one suits your fancy. Now, before we get your social media tags, what would be one of your favorite recipes out of this book? You know, I get asked that question all the time. And and so every every day it kind of changes based on my craving. Um, But tonight, the beef and porcini ragu is one of, well, it is one of my absolute favorites because it's able to um, create one of those really homey, classic, cravings of flavor full of umami but you do not have to let it sit and simmer for hours to create this you know that that flavor that you desire in a, in a ragu or a bolognese and it's the it's the porcini um, dried porcini that is ground into a, a kind of a spice type texture that kind of permeates the dish and allows all that kind of mushroomy meaty flavor to develop in a short amount of time um, with just grinding the porcini in a coffee grinder or a spice grinder. So that one is probably one of my absolute favorites and something that I wish that I had 
um, the ingredients for to go cook right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's hoping that you have a chance to run out and get those ingredients to go cook that yes, right now. There's only five, so it's, it'd be a really <laughs> short trip. And then I can come home and, and make that. <laughs> and now for our listeners out there, where can they go on social media to find you and your recipes and your um, beautiful photos? Yeah, thank you. Um, on Instagram, I'm on Instagram under A Pleasant Little Kitchen. And then also Facebook, a pleasant little kitchen, and that's where you can find me. But most of my most of my main work is on Instagram that you'll see, and I I do um, stories of kind of behind the scenes of what I am cooking that moment, or that I'm shooting for that moment, or for which client that I'm working with. And then it's also I have some reels where it's just some quick weeknight hacks that you might need to have to get dinner on the on the table quick, or just maybe a unique recipe that you might. Um, find interest in. So Instagram and a pleasant little kitchen. All right. Thank you so much, Rebecca, for joining us. Thank you. I had a wonderful time and enjoy the ultimate five ingredient cookbook. I will. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Rebecca. Amorous Pollock introduced your fantastic guest. Hi, everyone. So I want to welcome Beth Gill Johnson from Johnson's Corner Farm in Medford, New Jersey. He is a friend of the show and a farmer and he has been on to talk about his CSAs and he's on again to talk about all the new happenings that's at the farm. Gil, welcome and thank you for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me back. Looking forward to another great conversation with you guys. Well, welcome, Gil. Good gourd <laughs> is pumpkin season. What do you have in store for us pumpkin and cor- corn wise? Yes. So, um, yeah, the seasons are definitely changing here. Um, pumpkins are in full swing. Uh, we got apples going right now. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely an exciting time to be on the farm. This is our busiest season here. Uh, people love coming out, enjoying the fall experience. So what are you yeah, growing, great time to be on the farm. What are you growing apple wise? So we grow 10 different varieties of apples. Uh, we have, uh, early Fuji, Red Delicious, Gold Delicious, Empire, Regular Fujis, uh, Stamen, Granny Smith, Cameo, Pink Lady, Gold Rush. Ooh. So we pretty much cover a full gamut of apples. You you everyone. said my favorite one, the Pink Lady. I love Pink yes. Lady apples. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're they're definitely a, a crowd favorite. Personally, my favorite apple we grow is Cameos. Um, they're the last variety we pick for the year, um, but they are my favorite all-around apple. They stay nice and crisp. They're very sweet. They're pretty much good for baking, snacking, all around. So, that, so those are my favorite. Which apples do you use for your apple cider donuts and apple um, cider <laughs> and your apple butter, for that matter? Because you make all of so, that. Yeah. Yeah. So, for, the for like, apple cider, you actually use, like, a variety of apples. Um, so a little bit of everything goes into apple cider. It's not like one specific apple, um, that you use for apple cider. Um, so, you know, pretty much whatever's in season at that time. Um, I don't know if you're like an apple cider connoisseur, but if you try apple cider, like right now, it actually will taste different from what it does, like towards the end of the apple season, like end of October, stuff like that. It's not like a major change, but you'll definitely change You'll notice like the flavor profile in the apple cider. As far as the donuts go, you really won't notice it in them because it's like, you know, it's it's um, cooked in there and everything. But if you're drinking straight up apple cider, you can definitely 
taste the difference throughout the season. Well, I'm a fermenter and I make hard ciders. So as I make them through the year, it really showcases differently from season to season. I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So sometimes, you know, if one variety is not producing as much as other varieties, we'll, we'll use more of one variety than the other. So, you know, a, a lot kind of goes into it. But, um, yeah, apple cider is uh, is pretty cool. Now, I was there this weekend, and I was, which is hence the reason why I picked up the apple cider donuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was completely packed. It was so hopping, and you had live music, and you had, you yeah. know, the, the hay rides going. So tell us a little bit about what you have going on for the fall festival. Yes. Yeah, so um, our fall festivals happen every weekend from now to the end of October. Um, you know, we have a food tent outside with a bunch of fall, you know, food items, the live music, like you said, that happens every Friday and Saturday. Um, what's really cool right now that we're doing is we it's uh, we call it our sunflower stroll, uh, which is a big sunflower field. Uh, we cut a pathway through it. So it's kind of like, you know, a corn maze, but in the, instead of being in a field of corn, you're in a field of sunflowers. Um, so we got that going on every weekend. We'll probably have that for the next three weekends now. Um, but we also have our traditional corn maze. We have apple picking going on, uh, pumpkin picking out there. So, we, you know, we always try to have something for everybody. But it's a great time to get outside and uh, and enjoy the, the beautiful weather that we've been getting on the weekends lately. I know. It really has been gorgeous. So it's been perfect for, you know, bringing the entire family down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or, hey, maybe you want to go out on a cute date. Go go yes, to Johnson's. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we even have some people get married out in the pumpkin patch, which is crazy. But um, yeah, people do like small weddings out there, which is pretty cool. So I'm sure that you know makes for some interesting wedding photos too. Having the absolutely, pumpkins. absolutely. Yeah, they set up the pumpkins, they make a little aisle, and we're like, yeah, let it rip, do your thing. So yeah, it's a good time. I bet that's beautiful, and you know, mm-hmm. it, and they can go on a hayride if they want. Um, you know, exactly. Yep. Yep. So I also saw that you are doing, you know, different fall programs that are at the farm. You know, why don't you talk a little bit about the fall programs? Yes. So, um, you know, like I mentioned, the fall festivals we're doing right now. But, you know, after that, we have, you know, the party keeps going here at the (laughs) farm. So we do uh, sweet potato picking um, later on in the fall. One of our most popular or up and coming pick your own things is popcorn. Um, we'll do that later in October uh, so customers can go out. They pick ears of corn that are specific for making popcorn. We give them instructions. They take it home. They dry it out, and uh, they pop the corn right off the cob. So uh, we do that, and then, you know, we'll get into, like, our Thanksgiving pies and then our whole Christmas program and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, we always try to have something going on here for sure. I know. And now – as far as pies are concerned, you're going to have, like, pumpkin pies and, and whatnot, too. Absolutely. And mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Okay. Because I'm like, I love a good pumpkin pie. Yeah. Yeah. We got pumpkin pies going right now. Um, you know, traditional apple pie. A couple other varieties, like appleberry and sweet potato pie will be popping up in the next, like, month or so when sweet potatoes start coming in. Um, so we always try to have, you know, 
seasonal varieties of pies with nice fresh stuff in there for everybody to enjoy. And you're still doing the CSAs through all, throughout all this as well, correct? So, yeah, so the CSA, it takes a break for the, uh, these next couple weeks, and then we come back in November. Um, so it's nice to do that because, you know, the customers can don't have to fight the crowds in, on the weekend when they come to pick up their CSA produce. But, you know, and then they come back in November, and it's a completely different array of produce than what they were used to in the summer. They get sweet potatoes, broccoli, cauliflower. We always put popping corn in there um, and a couple other, like, hard squashes that they're just not used to getting uh, throughout the summer. And, and, you know, you're growing all of that on in your fields, or is this the collaborative um, yeah, so it's um, a collaboration. Um, we got the broccoli, cauliflower, sweet corn, and popping corn covered, but we bring in like butternut squash, egg corn squash, stuff like that from neighboring farms right down the road. Which is wonderful. Now, mm-hmm. you also have, I'm, I, okay, so I know that schools are back in session. And Mm -hmm. you previously weren't doing the field trips because of the fact that everything was, you know, everyone was at home. Are you going to do the field trips for the different schools and, you know, for family parties now? Yeah, we we've started to do them. Um, Schools are definitely starting to reach out and show interest um, because I think they just want the kids to get outside and not be all pent up all day. So, yeah, we've had a, a bunch of school districts reach out um we're starting to um start you know to semi get back to normal as far as that goes with uh kids coming out picking apples pumpkins um we already have some schools showing interest to come out um to dig up sweet potatoes with their kids um so yeah we're we're trying to do as much as we can as far as you know what people are interested in and feeling comfortable with so you know day by day we're getting back to normal but kind of you know we're just waiting and seeing what happens but it's nice to see people wanting to get back out again it is it's definitely um now i see that you're going to have a holiday halloween trick-or-treat session yes. at, at your farm talk about that yeah yeah so we try to set up you know a couple stations throughout um you know down near the market uh themed and everything so kids can come out you know enjoy a fun safe like Halloween experience, um, we always try to put some healthier things in there, like give them an apple instead of a candy bar. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a fun time for kids to come out, you know, and enjoy the farm in another way that they, they're not used to doing. Now, I wonder, do you do any, like, interactive children's activities? Like, um, I mean, I know that you spoke about healthy, but uh, candied apples aren't exactly mm-hmm. healthy. They're like a little segue in between. <laughs> Do you ever do like the the candied apples where you let the kids dip them? So we we've used to do that at our market, not with customers, but we we used to do that. But right, the candied apples like with the red candy on the outside, so that candy is so hot, like temperature wise, that you can get burned pretty mm-hmm. good on it. So um, we haven't done it done it like that. Um, the caramel, we used to do the caramel ones. Um, and we used to sell like caramel kits so people could take it home and do it. Uh, but right now with like the labor situation and that being such a labor intensive product, we've kind of, uh, are bringing in caramel apples from another vendor to kind of cover that need for people. But it's definitely something we want to do in the future. Um, once everything kind of settles out. 
I need for an upcoming order nine thousand. Could you? <laughs> could you? Ha- I, and I'm serious. Could you like help me out with nine thousand? Nine thousand. If you want it, you can get it. I, I you get give me give I, me about a, you know a couple of weeks to get it all lined up, but I'll, I, I'll, I'll I don't know started. if I have that much time, but I will have my client reach out to you. I have an order for nine thousand for a healthcare group. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and now everyone knows that you'll, you'll be doing that order. Um, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> I want to go to the best. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, speaking of things that are the best, you have Toys for Tots, um, a car show coming up, which is yes. imperative because, you know, raising funds for that. Um, so talk a little bit about some of the programs that are coming up as far as November and December are concerned. Yeah, so um, I'll start with Toys for Tots. So it's been something we've been doing at the farm for a long time. Um, we always like to, you know, support our military and their families. So what we do with that car show is if you want to come to the car show, we just say you have to bring a toy. Um, so we get hundreds of cars show up that day, and some of the cars, the classic cars, they actually attach a trailer to the back of it that's also filled with toys. Um, so all the cars bring toys we collect a lot of toys for that. So that's one of our biggest um, nonprofit events we do. Um, Another event we do earlier in November, it's called Pies for Promise. So we partner with Urban Promise in Camden and we sell a little like sample of our pies for Thanksgiving. And a majority of the proceeds from that all go to Urban Promise. Um, So they help um, kids in Camden with education and uh, stuff like that. So that's another thing that we're super passionate about and one of our very successful nonprofit events we've been doing for probably about eight to 10 years now. Um, but other than that, you know, we have our Christmas program going on. Uh, Santa Claus will, as of now, be back in full swing this year to take pictures of the kids and the families and stuff like that. I know a lot of people have been excited. Uh, we'll do our light show musical hayride starting on uh, the Friday after Thanksgiving. Um, you know, we'll have wreaths and everything like that. I don't know if we're going to have Christmas trees because they're another issue this year. So I can't really promise Christmas trees, but, um, yeah, so we'll have a lot going on through the holidays until we wrap it all up on uh, Christmas Eve and call, call it a year. All right, Gil, thank you for joining us on, on yeah. Food Farms and Chefs. Where can we find you online? Uh, yeah, johnsonsfarm.com, um, Johnson's Corner Farm on Instagram. My Instagram is farming with Gil. Um, but yeah, we're, we're uh, looking forward to anyone who wants to come out and enjoy the farm. All right. Thank you so much, Gil, for joining yeah, us. Thanks for having me. Thank you, Gil. Thank you, Gil. Thank Be you. in touch. Yeah. All right, guys. Have a great one. All right, you too. PhillyRestaurantReviews.com with an S. Emerald's Park. You can find me online across social media at AR Pollockis or Amaris Pollock. Or if you would like to be a guest or a sponsor of the show, you can reach me at arpollockis at gmail.com. Chef Gene! You can find me on social media at Gene Blum or ibfoodie2. Or feel free to email me at ibfoodie2 at yahoo.com. That's I-B-F-O-O-D-I-E, the number two at yahoo.com. Have a great Tuesday, everyone. We'll see you next week. (laughs) 